There's a cold silence that we don't dare speak. There's a wall between us and a river so deep. We keep pretending that there's nothing wrong. There's a code of silence and it can't go on. Hi folks, this is Alan Watt and we're cutting the Matrix on March the 30th, 2010. For the newcomers, look into cuttingthroughthematrix.com website. You'll find hundreds and hundreds of audios, uh, talks I've given over the years. You can download them for free. And you can also go into the purchase section, hopefully, and buy the books I have for sale, the Cutting Through series, which... Uh, it shows you a, a kind of deprogramming technique as you read through them. It actually works on you, uh, where things that uh, you've passed or seen every single day without really seeing what's behind it suddenly stand out and you see it for the first time. Because really we're run by symbology all around us and chronology. The art of chronology is the art of managing vast amounts of people, and it's an ancient art that even the pharaohs were taught by the high priests. And you can also scroll down and see the, all the other websites I have listed there. Bookmark them. You should always bookmark these for future use in case the com goes down. Sometimes it does, uh, or too many folk going at one time. Uh, this way you can always download the latest shows for free. And remember, too, if you want transcripts as well, you can get going to alanwattsentinel.eu. That's a European site. has all the same audios for sale, and you'll find the book lists and the DVDs and CDs for sale as well. But you'll also find transcripts for prints up, which you can, and you can choose from the various languages of Europe. And remember, too, that I do depend upon you, who are the audience, to support me because I don't take money from advertising. That's how everyone gets by when they're hosting these shows. Uh, the advertisers from on this show pay directly RBN for the airtime, and they pay uh, their bills at RBN, and they pay their staff equipment. And it's a very expensive too to try and put these, these things out in satellite. So it's a, that pays for all of that. I've got nothing to do with it at all. You're the audience that keeps me going. I just take over, but this way I'm free as well to to go into other areas. No one tells me what to do. I don't feel obligated to go easy on anybody. So therefore, it's up to you to keep me going. You can do so by going into cuttingthroughthematrix.com or any of my listed sites there, and you can purchase the books. You can also donate to me, or you can purchase through the donation button as well. Don't forget PayPal. You can also purchase to send a separate email uh, along with the donation for your order, and I'll get it out to you. From the U.S. to Canada, you can purchase or donate through personal check. PayPal, uh, you can use MoneyGram, Western Union Cash. You can also use an international postal money order from your post office. Got to say, international one. Outside the Americas, same idea. MoneyGram, Western Union, Cash, or PayPal. PayPal for donates, to donates, or also to order. Just send a separate email to order those things I have for sale. Remember, too, I also have discs there with sometimes 50 shows on them, and it's a good thing to have when everything goes down. You have copies. 
And as I say, that ticks me over. Uh, thousands and thousands and thousands of people listen, and only a few people tend to donate at any one particular time. Now, we're going into, we are living, we're living through the greatest change in history, modern history. It's really the greatest change since the Industrial Revolution began, and that's how it's referred to at the Council on Foreign Relations. Before they even put us through it, they were talking about this greatest change since that that era. Now, the the Industrial Revolution displaced 97% of the people who lived on the land and put them into the cities. Uh, In the U.S., that was followed and hastened by the Great Depression in the 20s. And uh, I'll be going into some of that tonight. I'll talk to you after this break. This is Alan Watt. We're cutting through the matrix, just talking about the chronology that rules the world. If you want to rule a world, and it was the same in ancient time, uh, once you had basically a, a bigger family, you could take over neighboring families and eventually dominate them or kill them, and the survivors simply became your soldiers, and you went off and plundered other peoples, and that's how king and queens eventually ar- arose down through the ages. They were mass slaughterers and very aggressive and psychopathic, basically. And then the leaders of those kings and queens would marry other leaders of kings and queens and make sure the psychopathic traits were kept within the family. That was what they called royal blood, you see. And they they eventually hired uh, courtiers around them. Courtiers would gravitate towards them. Those other psychopaths with other skills and manipulations, they would become hired as advisors. And it was their job, really, to find ways of controlling the public. And the courtiers had spies, lots and lots of spies, which they employed. And uh, they went throughout the public and listened to the bazaars and different places for gossip and how the public felt about different things. So they kept the pulse of the public. And therefore, we could always divert them off if they were getting a bit restless. They'd divert them off with threats of war and stuff like that. Nothing really has changed uh, especially when you look back and you found out that currency, currency is something that flows, supposedly. It's something that flows. If you, if you are in charge of the currency, then you're in charge of everything because you decide how much is going to be out there. Is the, is the flow of currency going to flood the banks or is it going to be a trickle down through a stream in a drought season? And that's what the Phoenicians really were all about. Wherever the Phoenicians went in ancient times, the tried to introduce their silver standard. Initially it was silver, not gold. Uh, wherever they went, weights and measures. And they didn't do much fighting themselves. They weren't into fighting. They were more into uh, merchandising, controlling the money system of different countries by lending. And also in new territories, uh, they would ad- advise countries that owed them money to go off and fight the countries that owed them money and they get their money back, and they'd also demand a percentage of the slaves. With these slaves, they used to send them off to their different mines owned by the Phoenicians. Uh, they had uh, basically uh, mining camps all over the ancient world, even right into the Urals in Russia. And they valued uh, the silver, and, and then later on when they ran the gold system, they, they valued the slaves' life 
at about three ounces of gold. That's how much the average slave would get out, get out before he was killed in these mines or worked to death. So the labor was very, very cheap in those days, especially, as I say, when you got the excess of the losers in battles as part of the deal. And this, this went down through the ages and became more um, clever in the way they ran things through kings and queens and governments. The first thing the kings and queens must do eventually is to pacify the people they've conquered and be beneficent to them, give them a few holidays and, and feasts and stuff like that, and maybe two or three years of bill taxation, and then they come in with the heavier taxes, generally for war, to protect the public. Uh, they, they start taxing you. There's invaders over that water there, and they're coming this way, and we've got to protect you. So the fearful would give up everything that they had, their pigs, their cattle, their chickens, whatever, and their men as well, their sons, to go off and fight these wars. Sometimes they never happened, sometimes they were ruses, and sometimes it was really so that your king could go off and invade someone else and conquer them too. That generally was the real reason. And the kings also, uh, through their courtiers who managed everything for them, would get royal historians. And the historians were called authors because, you see, they were authorized by the king to write the authorized version. And such uh, historians always wrote glowing reports about the kings or the queens uh, because, you see, the penalty was, uh, was, was quite severe if you didn't. Uh, therefore, it was always a glowing report. And many, many a tyrant across the world had glowing reports. It's not much different than the day. You always find that the, the authorized historians uh, are called authorized, and uh, these are the ones that are quoted to people who talk about conspiracies, or you're called a conspiracist theory if you go by a different version of history, even with recent events. Well, you're not authorized. How silly. We have so-and-so to write this, and he went to Cambridge or Oxford. And, uh, and see, that overrides uh, uh, any other version of history. It's nothing changes. Nothing ever changes. It's astonishing. Sometimes kings and queens and even prime ministers are involved in the writing of their own histories um, because um, uh, even with their own biographies, in fact, they're all ghostwritten for them. Uh, they, they casually go over bits and pieces and see if they agree or disagree or take this part out there and uh, take out a few scandals and stuff and make sure that everything is a glowing report. Therefore, the next generation grows up and all they have to turn to is these authorized histories to go by. This is an ancient, ancient art, you understand. Now, part of the, the technique of ruling the public was to give them religions which made them very docile and obedient, because even a, a bad thought, you see, a wicked thought such as, gee, uh, these people are tyrants, should we do something about it, maybe do them a physical harm, uh, that became a sort of Pavlovian response as, as soon as you thought it, because right into your mind immediately would come the thought of sin. That was a sin. So that was your Pavlovian block, you see. Very good technique that's used today because uh, they're using that in other techniques, post-religious. Same techniques. Once the thought comes into you, boom, the idea of sin comes in and somebody's watching you and you can't see him because he's invisible, but he knows your every thought and that's wicked. Kings and queens never believed in the religions which they gave the general public never, ever really believed in them. Across the world, they did not believe in them because, you see, they were part of the educated class. But religion was essential, essential to rule over the public. 
That doesn't negate the validity of any religion or its basics or its basis. When anybody really came up to stand up for the people and said basic truths, they'd usually kill them and then use what they were saying against the people to keep them pacified. So it wouldn't matter if God himself came down again and got killed, they'd still get crucified and then they'd use that and add a few other things onto it too, like thou shalt take the brain chip and be a good citizen and be very green. I'm not kidding you. This is the sort of stuff that they did in ancient times. And yet, uh, the kings and queens were always, always got off with beheading people, slaughtering people. Uh, the churches always stood up on behalf of the kings and queens because that little passage that was inserted in the Bible that says you always obey your government because given by God meant that any tyrant was, was validated by God, including Adolf Hitler, uh, Lenin and uh, Stalin and all these guys, including Caligula in ancient times too, and Nero. So, you see, that's why you find these dichotomies, these, these paradoxes in religion of, of opposing uh, statements made in the same book. Other religions go on a more pragmatic course to do with basic laws. If you don't understand what God is, don't try and understand it. You just accept the fact that you can find out what God is not from the evidence around you. That's how Judaism is based. It's all on laws, basically. And you don't look for redemption uh, by works and means and all that kind of stuff. And survival of the people is the utmost important. Therefore, you know, technically Judaism is a survival, a a complete survival religion with no apologies for anything. Christianity, because it was enforced for an obedient people, obedient for those who ruled, uh, told them to be meek and mild and just bend over and obey all the time. Even though the founder of or the person it's founded after uh, got in trouble with the authorities because he stood up to the bankers. He stood up to the, to the Pharisees and that they were in, in league with the Roman rulers and all getting their pay cuts from the, uh, the cash cuts from the taxations they all mustered. And this guy was killed for it. So as I say, uh, you can still be killed for it and do all the right things, then they'll use the other part things that you said to pacify the public. We're not dealing with stupid people here or, or recent developments in psychology. They had other terms for psychology in ancient times. And for those who've studied Machiavelli, uh, you, you'll soon catch on that he obviously was taught his art from somewhere else much long long before he was born. Ongoing techniques. Because if you want to rule the public, and really at the top, there's it's like Albert Pike, Albert Pike of Freemasonry, he said uh, some interesting things. He said, we make no apologies, no apologies for the God of nature. This is the same man who said that if you're not willing to use your own intellect, then you are no more than meat on the table and beasts of burden by choice and consent. In other words, by the laws of nature, those who were smart enough and wise and cunning enough to rule over others and profit off them should do so. This is an ancient belief system. And it's been taught to every elite class all down through the generations in every single country on the planet. And nothing has changed today. But to get to live very well off the public, you must brainwash them. Brainwashing is a simple thing. 
You have to brainwash one generation, that's all, just one generation, and make them believe it and make sure they teach their children, and that's it done. The second generation will take it as a normal thing, the third for sure, and no one will question it. They'll know no previous time when this didn't exist. Now we have have much better techniques. Children are actually brainwashed, uh, not just from their mums and dads talking, but from cartoons from a very early age. So they're all grinning in there. People are bad. Parents are bad. Too many people destroying the planet, all that stuff. All propaganda is put into cartoons by selected um, authors and novelists and all the rest of it, selected by those who rule us to make sure the next generation is furtherly, further brainwashed to fit the agenda they will live through. So I'll be back with more on this after these messages. Hi folks, this is Alan Watt. We're cutting through the matrix, talking about the art of manipulation and manipulating millions and billions of people. And now that we're becoming global, you see, we're getting uh, fantastic uh, propaganda on a global scale. The same propaganda, it used to be just through UNESCO, the United Nations Educational Society, which made sure that they standardized educations across the planet so that all children would have the same brainwashing. For the, to fit the agenda, you see, the planned agenda. They didn't have to know what the agenda was, just to have the, the beginnings of the brainwashing that would adapt to the agenda. But it's more perfected than that. They use neuroscience and, uh, and all kinds of techniques now to manipulate us. Uh, your media is one of the biggest uh, manipulators of all. It's always been that private organizations, remember. The media is comprised of private organizations, uh, they have barons uh, of media who generally go over at a certain age to England and get knighted by the Queen, regardless of the country uh, they live in. And no one ever asks why. You know. But their job really is to ensure that you're kept in a kind of dizzy state, a dizzy state with partial truths, big spins, big spins. I've actually got articles from mainstream admitting that Pachuri, for instance, in the IPCC, uh, on the climate change uh, nonsense that's been so um, blown out the water with their lies, is hiring th- uh, lots and lots of new spin doctors. That's what the media is actually calling them, spin doctors, to try and get to get us back on believing them again. But that's what all media really is about, is about a spin on things on behalf of their masters. There's so many topics the media will never, ever touch. They'll never touch anything to do with a big corporate scandal where they get advertisers from the company that's involved in the scandal or else a subsidiary of them because they advertise with them. I can remember, too, when one of the Rothschilds was found uh, hung in a bathroom and uh, there's a big scandal over it. And it was the old grandma Rothschild who went down Fleet Street in London, all the newspaper places, to want each and every one of them and said, you print any of this and uh, you'll be bankrupt tomorrow. That's how it's really done. That's how it's really done, folks. And you see, once you treat the people and you've trained the people into a fake reality, the fake reality being that everybody above you is somehow more, more mature, 
and honest and altruistic than you are, and that's how they got there. That's the, that's the basic premise of chronology. Uh, so if they're, if they're up there wearing more expensive clothing, suits and ties, and in charge of businesses, and then they go into pop, they're somehow, somehow they're, they're more altruistic, and, and they cannot lie. Like George Washington, they could not tell a lie, a nonsense like that. And we're taught to believe this stuff. It's drummed into us. We even believe through all the cop shows. Remember Jacks E. Lull talked about his book on, on propaganda and how the public, is, the public are brainwashed by fiction and drama and movies. And every cop show, he said, and every hospital show with the doctors, dramas, you see, fiction, uh, where they run around, all know what they're doing, all concerned about the patients. They sleep, they can't sleep at night until they, it comes to them what's wrong with that patient, you see. And the same with the cops, they, they, they go through all hell and, and burn, blown up cars and jumping off roofs to get the bad guys. And that gives you the impression of what they're all about. And it's nothing to do, it's all propaganda to give you a fake version. Police have always been there to make sure the establishment stayed the establishment. That's their primary function. They're a military force, a paramilitary force, an internal one, to ensure the survival of the prevailing system on behalf of those who own it. But now, as I say, they've gone so much further than simply giving us fairy stories for histories and dates and places and famous people. They're using neuroscience techniques. And all teachers now, when they're taught the greening and all that, they get what they call, they give them toolkits for teachers. How to put a lesson across on this topic Start, and you must start here, that prepares the mind of the child because you know whether, how the mind is going to, the child is going to work and where they will go with this. So you present things in a fashion to ensure their mind goes along this path, just like a computer in a program, till they come to the conclusion that you want. It's all scientifically designed. Scientific indoctrination is what Bertrand Russell called it, the one who helped design it. And the people don't, the children don't know. Because they all come to the same conclusions about the same topics at the same time with the same techniques and they all talk to each other and all they can parrot is what the conclusions are, which are all the same. Now, there are meetings going, going on now with, with science uh, because this is the rise of the, sci- the scientific tyranny that uh, Bertrand Russell and others talked about many years ago because they planned to bring it in. With the death of religion, they'd replace it with a form of secular humanism that would still serve those who were called the dominant minority, as Huxley called them, the dominant minority. And uh, scientific techniques would, would continue throughout the person's lives to indoctrinate the people a sort of continuing education. That was another little term they used to hide what it was. Well, continuing education must be night school. No, they were talking about brainwashing you from birth to death so you'd never know a true reality outside of your conditioning. And everyone you'd meet in your level, in your class, in your area, would know either. So you'd all think you were sane, and you'd all truly believe you're well up on every topic. And I'll continue with this and go into some of these topics after I come back from this break.
are listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Welcome back to Cutting Through the Matrix, and I'm Alan Watson. We're talking about control, basically, very briefly, uh, just skimming over the surface of the of the details because it's so deep a subject and so long a history to go over that you can only just touch on it in an hour. But really, this, I'm showing you that we've always been conned. The public have always been conned. And people are taught to believe they're free. That was the great thing about democracy. Uh, you're free. And um, it, it really worked for a, quite a, a while. People thought they could vote people in and things would change for the better. But they knew before they gave you democracy where they'd take you in the 20th and the 21st century. They knew exactly where they were heading. Because, you see, even then, big corporations planned investments and where they wanted to be as corporations in a 100 years' time. So did foundations the private so-called charitable uh, philanthropies, the big foundations, because they would rule the world through their non-governmental organizations while democracy was running uh, and controlling and conning the public. And that's how it really works. We're post-democratic, according to the Club of Rome. We're not going over that before, too, from their own writings. And how they favored collectivism. It's the easiest way to get us all standardized, brainwashed into the same level of, of um, misunderstanding and would be more compliance with everything. And that's also what the, the century of change was. It was to be kicked off the 21st century, which we got in the year uh, 2001. It's happened. Uh, it kicked off with the Twin Towers. And away we went into 100 years of, of, of terrorism and uh, obey, the, obey the authorities, basically, and pay through the nose for everything. We're going back to serfdom, the way they think it should be done. And the authorities at the top have discussed this, that feudalism was a better system for them. And a new feudalism with all the technology to monitor every single individual would be a far more perfected technique of feudalism. And the new feudal overlords are CEOs of international corporations and the foundations all working together. The fronts are your governments. And that's already happened. We're here with that. We've been here for a while with that. And the world must be standardized into one system. The eradication of all the existing religions as you've known them over a period of time, bring in secular humanism, uh, bring in a more debased society with a culture creation industry, and uh, then you can you literally have ignorant serfs. Now, here's an article that ties in with this. John Holdren, of course, is the science czar, they're calling them. The media would call them the czar because you're now under a Sovietized system, you see, which was meant to take over after the Bush era. They give you the Nazi system first, then the, the Soviet system for collectivism. I always said that the Bush would set up the military uh, organizations internally and the systems internally, the spy mechanisms, to monitor everybody and force their laws through force, and Obama would be brought in to use it. And that's how it's happening. So this is from a meeting, the AAAS, I think it's the American uh, Association and Academy of Science, 
meeting, and that was held in February 2010. Now, John Holden is a big boy member who's written about the necessity to eradicate a good part of the population by every means possible, including uh, forced sterilization, secret sterilization through water, food, and so on, uh, disease in other countries, mandatory sterilization through countries like India. And he said in, in the book he wrote with, uh, with um, um, what was his name, Paul Ehrlich, uh, he, he wrote in that uh, eco-science was the name in the book. He said that in India and third world countries will be easier because people are kept ignorant and we can say we're going to help them through medicine and really sterilize them. Uh, in the West, he said in America, where the folk have more education, uh, will they be more, more cautious or surreptitious or devious, meaning they put it in your water, your food and your injections and, and, uh, and you'd, you'd, be, you'd be taught to believe that medicine was good for you and you're going to die without it. Anyway, here's this article here, and it's Friday the February the 19th, 2010, Room 7B, San Diego Convention Center. This is the top scientists now that are uh, being presented with a, a, a role to play for the scientific dictatorship, how to get us over from democracy into allowing ourselves to be ruled by a scientific elites of exp- a world of experts, exactly what Bertrand Russell said. This administration is committed to solving society's grand challenges with energy. You see, that's to be the big stick. Health. Now, they also mean uh, depopulation, uh, sterilization when they say health. I hope you understand that. And education policy. That's, that's indoctrination. Topping the list. You understand they have double meanings when they speak amongst themselves. And they all know it, those who are present. President Obama wants science to have a key role in a new, more pragmatic approach to governance. Not government, but governance. In our constitutional democracy, an informed public must be able to judge the performance of those they elect. This requires a triangle of comprised, uh, comprised of political institutions, the community of experts. Do you, do, did you vote in a community of experts? No and the responsible public, all of whom are well informed. How will the public become informed about energy policy, which, is, which means that you're going to pay through the nose to light a candle to heat yourself? I'm not joking either. It's to control you. So how are the, how are the public going to be informed? They mean brainwashed about energy policy. Studies tell us, because they're monitoring all your mails and all your chit-chats all the time, so they know what's going on. Studies tell us the public strongly supports energy independence, new sustainable sources, and incentives for energy efficiency. But fewer than half of those interviewed could name a renewable energy source or a fossil fuel, raising the question of how firm the public's views are. Now listen carefully how, how this is worded. This is for the public release. You can imagine how their internal ones are. Studies show, however, that the public, the people make judgments based primarily on their values. See, your values are not the same as their values, understand? And their belief systems, their religions, their worldviews, and emotions. Facts play a much more minor role. Uh, This gap, now listen, listen to this, this gap cannot be bridged by loading the public with facts. So here, they've already made decisions. You can't give the public the facts because the public run on what? On on separate different values, belief systems, worldviews, and emotions. That's the same terminology they used in South Africa and apartheid when they talked about the blacks. 
they said, you can't talk to them and explain. They don't understand. They're like children. Well, they're saying the same thing here, but it's geared for the West, you see, to read. And they'll miss all over that and never really get the points. So the people have values, a different set of values from those at the top, naturally, because you're not psychopaths. Uh, but you're you've got belief systems, you've got worldviews, and emotions. So you run primarily on emotion, value systems, and religion, and so on. Facts may play a much more minor role. This gap cannot be bridged by loading the public with facts or trying to make the public more science literate. So they've already agreed they're not going to make you more science literate or give you the facts. You understand that? But they do know how you tick through your emotions and beliefs. They're going to use your emotions and your belief systems, as they have been for an awful long time, through videos and all that kind of stuff of, of dying seals or an ant somewhere that's, that's dying a thirst or something like that. How should scientists deal with this awkward reality? How can science help create a more rational, so pragmatic and far-sighted society capable of addressing the challenges we face? We face. They're talking about science community. Are new innovative methods required to engage the voters in supporting more rational public policies? So the whole topic of their, their meeting was finding innovative methods required to engage the voters. Now, the voters, remember, have a different set of values, belief systems, worldviews, and, and emotions. Facts play a more minor role. The gap cannot be bridged by loading the public with facts. So in other words, they're going to use your emotions, your belief systems, your worldview uh, to, to make you go along and vote for what they call the pragmatic um, um, way to go. You understand? And the organizer was uh, through all the different uh, attendants and organizations, University of California, Rice University, uh, and on and on and on it goes. I've got all the list at the bottom. And I'll put these links on my site at the end of the show, just right under the audio for tonight. So you, so you can link to them and look them up for yourself. There's a lot of links comes off here as well. How to advance the public's energy learning curve, for instance, Redefining what an informed public means on science and technology, etc., etc. So I hope you understand what it's actually saying and that I've made it at least fairly clear uh, as I decipher it for you. That's how they run us. You're going to be treated like children. Uh, those give you scary scenarios to play on your emotions so that you go along with what they want you to go along with. Understand? Now, what else are they using, too? They're using many techniques. And uh, Mark Bard, uh, on his site, I'll put this up, too, tonight. He put up a, he said, got in touch with it yesterday, but moral judgments now are being affected because they can use little electromagnetic currents from outside your skull to, to literally alter your moral judgments. And he went into it, and he caught on right away because the center they've located is behind the right ear. And that's where you hold your cell phone, by the way. But it's not mentioned in the other mainstream articles that that's where you hold your cell phone. But I'll put Mark's one up tonight, and here's one of the links he sent me. And it was from the Massachusetts, where else? The Institute of Technology, that big CIA-funded organization. By Jennifer Hirsch, 29th of March, 2010. Moral judgments can be altered. Now, this is old stuff, really. 
because I've gone through Persinger before Laurentian University in Canada, who's been there for years. He's worked with the CIA. He worked at NSA. He worked for Pentagon, founding ways of electromagnetic stimulation of the brain <laughs> to even use it on, on, on warfare uh, projects. And it says here, MIT neuroscientists have shown they can influence people's moral judgments by disrupting a specific brain region. A finding that helps reveal how the brain conducts and constructs morality. To make moral judgments about other people, we often need to infer their intentions, an ability known as theory of minds. For example, if a hunter shoots his friend while on a hunting trip, we didn't know what the hunter was thinking. Was, it, was he secretly jealous or did he mistake his friend for a duck? Or was he just short-sighted? Previous studies have shown that the brain region, known as the right temporal parietal junction, is highly active when we think about other people's intentions, thoughts, and beliefs. In the new study, the researchers disrupted activity in the right TP, temporal parietal lobe, by inducing a current in the brain using a magnetic field applied to the scalp. They found that the subject's ability to make moral judgments that require an understanding of other people's intentions, for example, a failed murder attempt, was impaired. The researchers, led by Rebecca Sachs, MIT Assistant Professor of Brain and Cognitive Sciences, report their findings in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences this week of March the 29th. The study offers striking evidence that the right uh, temporal parietal lobe uh, located at the brain's surface above and behind the right ear is critical for making moral judgments, says Lian Yang, leader author of the paper. It's also startling since under normal circumstances people are very confident and consistent in these kinds of moral judgments, says Young, a postdoctoral associate in MIT's Department of Brain and Cognitive Sciences. These are guys all work for the Pentagon, I understand that. It's an old science. Now, uh, as I say, Persinger, if I find that old link, you'll see a video of him giving a lecture to some of his students years ago. And as I say, long before that, he worked uh, and had links working with uh, um, the Pentagon as well for ways of altering behavior by using electromagnetic stimulation by uh, pulse beam uh, weaponry. Uh, and he's a big player in all of this. And then they bunged him in, uh, under his own little quiet place, Laurentian, to carry on his work. This is all for a military-industrial complex, obviously. And they had the Corbin helmet, where they would stimulate the effects of LSD. You put this helmet on, or it would give you the same effects of marijuana, for instance. And you'd experience exactly the same symptoms, but by very low-frequency electromagnetic uh, pulsation and fields. It's also an, another link to do with this too, and I'll put them all on my site, cuttingthroughmedias.com, is morality studies narrows the gap between the mind and the brain, and that's from NPR. I'll put this one up as well. And also another link uh, from, uh, I think it was the uh, the SciTech Heretic, it says, the EM field behind the right, this is Mark Barling, right behind the right ear suspends morality. And it says, uh, the neuroscientists believe they've isolated the brain region behind the right ear where moral judgments take place. They can suspend someone's ability to judge right from wrong simply by generating a magnetic field near the same spot where many of us hold our cellular phones and wireless Bluetooth headsets. The researcher findings announced today. 
And both experiments and researchers found that when the right temporoparietal junction, right temporoparietal junction was disrupted, subjects were more likely to judge failed attempts to harm as morally permissible. The technique used by MIT scientists, transcranial magnetic stimulation, has been described as one that creates virtual lesions on the brain. And although the TMS long-term effects on health are not well understood, well, they really are. It's not, they've been doing this for about 30 years, by the way. Um, similar amounts of electromagnetic radiation have been linked to increased cancer risk. The treatment is becoming increasingly popular for everything from tinnitus, that's ringing the ears, to depression. Now, it's, it's so amazing, too, because you'll notice all the big boys in computer technology are coming up with their helmets to interact and interface with the computer. Uh, Microsoft or, uh, was already working a year ago. They announced they were working already and probably had been for quite some years on making this kind of effect happen by using um, wiring around your screen to project an electromagnetic field to you sitting in front of the screen, and you wouldn't even need the helmet. They're way ahead of all this stuff. And I've read articles, too, where some of the games they have can interface with your brain by stimulating with these electromagnetic currents the parts of your brain. Now, if you're working, if you're working and playing, I should say, on some war, massive war game that kills, 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 that's the only technique, and you're also suspending moral judgments, what kind of person are you training for the future black uniformed goon squad? You better think about that. Because these guys at the top know. They know this stuff. They've known for years what they're doing. Years and years and years. That's how you rule the public, covertly and stealthily. You never tell them what's really going on about anything. Anything at all. Anything at all. There's even an article about a new game that's out. I'll put this up too. Uh, where a video game for the children, so on, where you get to rape women and uh, and choose how you're going to rape them and how your friends can join in raping them as well. I'll put that up just to show you how how they're using all of this stuff. I've just been talking about altering the brain waves. These children are all on their little telephones, hitting that temporal parietal lobe there, and no moral responsibility. Back after this break. I'm Alan Watt, and we're cutting through the matrix, just giving you a little taste of reality rather than just dozing you with terror and fear and a thousand nasty articles. These are the articles you have to take note of because they're more in line with the, the true reality that's been used on the public and has been for an awful long time to show you how techniques work on us all and how we're brainwashed and how the scientific dictatorship truly is here. Uh, it's always scientists now that want to inject every baby, every person, all your life to die. As scientists who talk about the overpopulation, the need to cull off people. It's scientists who talk about the greening, the greening effect and all the rest of it. Scientists rule, you see, on behalf of the masters who still stay the same masters to ensure the old dynasties carry on at the top and profit vastly from everything the scientists tell us we must do. They profit from the shares in pharma and the pharma companies they, they control. They profit of all the carbon taxes going to take off you. They profit of all the, the money that's swigged off your or swagged off your pensions when you're, you die before you get the darn thing uh, because you've had inoculations and various things. Uh, this is the real world, folks. 
Remember, we're dealing with the, what they call themselves the pragmatists. They're very pragmatic in their decisions. There's no emotion involved. They're not emotional. They're pragmatic. And to finish off uh, the last article, the side tech heretic by Mark Bard, he says here uh, that um, uh, the U.S. military also hopes to use TMS, this technique of stimulating the temporal parietal lobe at the junction, uh, to keep soldiers fighting without the need to stop for sleep. Uh, so moral judgments can be altered. That's exactly what you want in soldiers, especially if they've been training with this stuff for 20 years through games and all the rest of it. They're getting better and better all the time. It's making sure you have no emotions at all and you'll kill who you're told to kill. And I mean, whomever you're told to kill, that's also uh, been the dream of those who rule for, for, for ages. A robotic-type human army, they'll do exactly what they're told immediately. And a public, they'll also kneel down to be shot when they're told to immediately. How wonderful it will be for them at the top. That's the world we're living in, folks. Now, I'll try and take a call, and there's, there's Jane from California. Are you there, Jane? Hello, Jane? Oh, hello. Hi. Yes. Hi. Hi, Alan. Hello. Yes, I agree that, um, you know, people are brainwashed. We are brainwashed. And I'm a mother of teenagers, and it's terribly worrying. Um, and... Uh, well, this, but there is something going on. There's, this, there's a phenomenon going on, and it's a true, a true story that's really happening now in the, in this country. And um, I'm calling because three of my friends have burned themselves and got better immediately. It was so amazing. All they did was call eight. No, no, bye now, bye now, bye, bye now. I don't know more ads. Thank you very much. Okay. There's always cons going on, you know, and every con seems to come from California. Isn't that amazing, eh? California, the culture creators where there are no morals, only lots of money to be made. So, and that's often why I don't take calls, because I can't screen them. I can't tell who they are, you know, or what they're going to come out with. But that's the opportunists that will, the psychopathic types that take the advantage of all situations, regardless of the gravity of the situation, to profit for themselves. And they might go far if they're a bit brighter than this one. From Hamish myself in Ontario, Canada, it's good night. I mean, your God or your gods and your mind, your own mind, go with you.